Okay, yeah. Three, two, one, clap. Three, two, one. <sighs> That's fun. Is that going to work? <laughs> I, I forgot that our audio is like, uh, yeah, no, that should be fine, actually. It'll be the, it'll be the same. Never mind. I don't know, but... Um, if you sync up to your clap, it'll sync up to my clap. Okay. It should. I'm going to trust that you know what you're talking about. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Either way, All whatever. Right. I'm the one who has to edit this thing, so if I call you crying tomorrow, <laughs> it's... Um, exactly. Hello, happy Friday. Um, Today is a very special day on the podcast. We have our first ever guest. Everyone welcome the musician slash producer behind that intro that you just heard. And my good friend of many years, Bryce Baggett. Hello. Hey, everybody. What's (laughs) it going? Bryce, tell us about yourself. Who are you? I am, uh, as Alyssa stated, a musician. I mean, that's that's what I try to do most of my time. I'm in a, a few bands. And I do things like make podcast intros and stuff like that. Um, I live here in the South in Mobile, Alabama, where uh, where this is a long distance call over, over to New York mm-hmm. City. So, other than long that, distance pod, yeah, yeah, exactly, remote, exactly. That's pretty much like it. The COVID days, but I didn't have it in me to do this during COVID. Can you imagine? Right. Okay, so today on the podcast, um, me and Bryce each, uh, we looked at our huge shelves of DVDs, which is something that we both have, and and we picked out a movie that we have never seen before, correct? Yeah, yeah. The DVDs was nice. I uh, I remember before I could get to the menu, I had to watch all of the previews, and they were were nostalgic since it was, you know. Mine didn't have previews, and I was really upset, and it kind of like made me think like, were there ever previews? But yeah, there definitely were. Yeah. Mine just didn't have them. For sure. But usually Any they're notable ones? <laughs> what was that? Any notable ones? Um, There was one for break.com, uh, which was like a, which advertised as a, um, like YouTube, but just for fail videos and, um, mm. and uh, like epic fails and pranks <laughs> and stuff like that. And it was, uh, it was very like, 2009 internet that was pretty cool the rest of them were um were trailers and advertisements for this production company that also that worked on the movie you know okay that's pretty niche Mm -hmm. okay so the big reveal what did you watch okay i watched uh seventh moon directed by amy smart who um i did a little research on you know she worked on um the Blair Witch Project, and you can definitely see that in this movie. Of uh, the whole thing is pretty found footagey, even though it's not the you know the person, the the camera is not a, a person necessarily. It's a you know, it's still disembodied, but um, it's very shaky. Uh, the entire movie. I'll start with like my biggest criticism is the uh, the mo- whole movie's dark. It's impossible to see anything, and I was like, because mm. I was like at first. Um, we start the movie, um, in China, this couple is on vacation. Clearly they're actually like, um, I think it's their honeymoon, but I'm pretty sure they're getting married in China. So they are engaged. Um, they're just doing some fun stuff. They're at like local markets. Uh, it's clearly like some, 
celebration happening because um, a lot of people are out. There's floats going down the street. Um, people are like burning uh, their like Bras. tributes and things like that. You know, like they write okay. things on a, um, something and then burn it. And then that's like the only part of the movie that happens during the daytime. The rest of this movie takes place all at night and you can't see anything. Uh, except for very small, very small little bits of the movie. I don't know. that, But that's, other than that, really good story, which, you know, we'll get into here. So, like I said, starts out in China. At the very end of the intro, they burn this effigy, um, and the music gets really scary. The music, by the way, uh, I made sure to make a note. Uh, Antonio, Cara, and Kent Spaulding did the music, and it's really creepy. Uh, when there is music, cool. a lot of it is 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 not. But um, other than that, they burn this effigy, and it gets really scary. And then there's the title sequence. Wait, then, what? What is an effigy? Oh, it's like a, um, like a, basically like a doll, like a person, but like it's supposed to represent something. So it's just like a, it's just like mm. a little, like Burning Man, like a puppet, you know? Oh, okay, ominous. They, yep, very ominous. Um, by the way, the seventh moon thing, uh, comes from this Chinese myth. Um, the only context they give is this quote at the beginning that says on the full moon of the seventh lunar month, the gates of hell open and the spirits of the dead are free to roam among the living. So, you know, pretty short and sweet, but the rest is that the same as Halloween. Is that the same? It's pretty much like all souls day for like Christianity, Okay, you know? Um, but like gotcha. metaphorically and not literally as they do it in this movie. Um, anyways, they, uh, so after the intro, it's still daytime. They find their taxi driver, um, and, or like their hired driver to take them to his Nani's house. The, um, this couple, uh, the guy is Chinese, I'm assuming because he's got family that lives in China. So... Um, you know, clearly they're on some trip to go see his family, but they kind of, they don't talk about it a lot. It's just kind of, you just assume a lot of things. Um, Mm -hmm. they start driving, they talk to the driver a little bit. The guy is drunk at this point and he's kind of being, he's being a little bit annoying. I wouldn't say being an asshole because he's, he's being, he's trying to be really friendly with the guy, but he's being Mm. really annoying about it. And he's like, take this T-shirt, dude, and you'll wear it and think of me and we'll be brothers. And uh, The shirt he was wearing? No, he, they, like, he like bought two T-shirts and he was like, I'm going to give this T-shirt to the driver like while they were out at the market. <laughs> and then they're like, he's like, let's match, dude. Like, let's <laughs> wear this T-shirt. Oh and the driver's God. like, okay, okay, all right, let's go, like, whatever. They start driving. Um, they talk about a few things. Basic... Uh, the woman in this couple is Amy Smart, so she acts okay. and directs this movie. Um, so she's talking about the wedding and whatnot. Um, then they start talking to the driver, and the driver's talking about the celebrations and stuff going on. And he goes, well, you know, he basically explains that they give up like little tributes and sacrifices, you know. Um Mm-hmm. During the year, and that's the legend. And they're like, "Oh, well, you do you believe in that?" And he never, um, he never like answers, which is ominous, obviously. 
So then the driver takes him and takes him. Guy falls asleep. They get to this, like, small little town, and they stop. And the driver is kind of like, oh, um, you know, I'm lost. Like, I, I, I don't know where we are. But he's he's acting like it's scripted. Like, he's, like, scripted oh, it before. No. Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, he's like, <coughs> oh, I gotta, I'm gonna go into the village and ask for directions. You stay here. Like, stay in this car. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, like, don't leave. And he's like, well, you know, I don't know where I am, so I gotta I'm go leave. I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I gotta go get directions. He goes into the town. An hour passes by. And um, Melissa is her name. Funny enough, Melissa. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Melissa starts to get a little worried, and she starts to like. She's waking up Yule, which is his name. Uh, she's uh, like, "Hey, get up!" Ping, the driver, has been gone for a long time, and like, I don't know, I don't know what's up. Like, we need to figure out something to do. He's hungover because he's been drinking all day, um, and he's like, "Oh my head! Oh, are we here yet?" Like. I don't know, still just being like an oaf, you know. Uh, He hasn't shown a lot of um, whatever up until this point. So anyways, they they sit in the car long enough, and they're like, okay, we're going to go into the town. We're going to look for Ping. They go into the town. They look for Ping. Um, He's nowhere to be found. All the houses are boarded up. It basically looks abandoned, except for the animals and livestock that are there. Um, Then they start yelling for him, and then the people inside the houses start yelling, and they're saying something in Chinese, which wasn't in the subtitles in English, so I don't know exactly what they were saying. Um, but basically, they're like, okay, let's just leave, because this is really weird. The music gets really loud. Um, they book it out of the town. Um, the people just keep repeating the same thing over and over, this phrase. They get into the car. Melissa's like, okay, we're just, let's just leave Ping. Like, let's just get in the car and let's just hit the road because, like, this is too weird. Are the keys in the car? Keys are in the car. So they. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Book it. They get in the car. They leave. Uh, And. Good idea. Even, like, I mean, you know, her fiance is like, oh, what about Ping? And she's like, okay, I don't care. Like, we got to leave. They get on the road. I'm pretty sure that guy wants to kill us. So we're going to go. Exactly. Exactly. So they get abandoned by ping um she's asking him what the fuck just happened like what like what what were those people saying like what was going on he knows a little bit of chinese or uh, cantonese is what they were speaking um and he basically is like i don't really know but they were it was some type of invitation which is like oh okay um they keep driving a little bit. Then they have to swerve because they see something in the road. And, like, it was dark. The camera's shaky. You can see what's in the headlights, but it's, like, super blurry. Um, but clearly it's, like, some human figure. Uh, uh-huh. They swerve off the road. They get stuck. Guy has to get out of the car, uh, push it. And he's, like, being a bitch, too, because she's, like... You got to get out of the car and push. It was your idea to come to China. Like, <laughs> like you have to get, like, uh, you know, do you want me to go out there with the naked man and uh, whatever? Oh God, is he's naked. Happen? Yes, uh, apparently he's naked because that's how the boy, the, uh, the fiance recalls. He's like, oh, 
Um, yeah, it looked like some naked man. It wasn't an animal or anything. And but did they check on him at all? No, no, because they got because oh, they got okay. ran off the road. And clearly, I don't know. They were just spooked out. They just wanted <laughs> to get out of there. Um, okay. So, guy hears screaming coming from the woods, and he gets like superhuman strength and pushes the car out of the. I mean. You know, he just gets a little extra gusto and pu- pushes totally. the car up out of the hole. They get back on the street. Not much longer later, they find this man laying in the middle of the road, and he's, like, clearly very injured. Um, This time, he's, like... The one that they hit? No, they didn't hit or him. So they didn't hit the guy. <laughs> they swerved off the road before they could hit him. So that, they... And then that guy just ran off, I guess. Um, But we find out it's not a guy, I'm sure. Uh... This guy is injured in some other way, and he was already laying in the road. So mm. they pull up on him, and Amy's like, "Uh, no, Amy, uh, I guess her character's name is Melissa. Mel. Mel is like, we got to help this guy. Um, clearly he's, he's hurt. Like, we got to go. And her fiancé is like, no. He says, uh, let, let's just leave. He tries to get her to stay in the car. She gets out, and she's like checking on him. The guy says... Uh, you got to help me. Uh, and he's like laying down. He, he's, he's very hurt. Um, they're coming. You got to help me. We have to get out of here. Uh, he's saying all this in Cantonese. So she doesn't understand. But her fiance picks up on the p- little things. And he's like, okay, we got to get out of here. We got to go. They pick him up and they run to, uh, they put him in the car. And af- as soon as all of them get in the car, this creature shows up. Pale gray skin with like some black face paint ugly teeth Ew. yeah and but it's very like human looking um so it shows up and they're like what the fuck what the fuck is that and then they pull out peel out real quick um guys in the it back came seat. out of the woods yeah it came out of the like they're on this country road and mm-hmm. there's like it's very mushy it's very like kind of swamp like and there's tall grass on either side it came out of the tall grass okay um Ooh. the drive and it, the road's too narrow the boyfriend's like we can't turn around so he is actually just reversing straight backwards uh not looking at anything he's looking at because there's this like small horde of these like gray creatures uh chasing mm. them uh backwards down the street so he just keeps going. He runs off the road, and he's like, I got to go fast or else we'll get stuck. So I just got to – he just pedaled to the metal in reverse. Um, eventually, they hit a tree. So they they hit the tree. He's like, okay, well, we can't fucking stay here, so um, let's get out. Um, I think actually that was uh, – I believe that was Mel's idea. Um so to all three of them get the out. To not stay in the car that's hit by a tree? What was that? Or to not stay in the car that's wrapped ar- around a tree? Yes. Well, I mean, they didn't hit it hard enough to like, I don't know. They It was like a fender bender, but the car was out but of the car somehow. Okay. You know, it, it's, it was a minor plot point to uh, pa- yeah. apparently. Car, car destroyed, but not really. Car destroyed, but not enough though. to like really hurt anybody. So whatever. Um, also, okay. uh, Chinese man now. Uh, magically can just kind of walk by himself. Um, he's still like exhibiting signs of injury, but um, he's just he's just up. So they leave. They follow him. This guy takes him um, to like the closest town or whatever. Um, 
and then they beg to be let into somebody's house. That person says, no, uh, you can't come in. And then they start chanting like the same thing that the people from the other town were chanting. And we find out, oh, it's an invitation for like these demons, these moon demons, as we find out that mm-hmm. they're called, um, to come and take their sacrifice. So we find out yeah. that that's the whole thing. Like they, they were left behind, paying left them there to be a sacrifice. Or we start to pick up on right. that. Obviously that gets developed later. Um, also, this Chinese man that they find, I, I, we don't ever get a name. Oh, Wei, actually. That's not true. It was, it was Wei. So Wei is, um, he at first want, like, begs the people to let them all in, and then he goes from that to being like, okay, well, let this American girl in because she like, doesn't know about this and has nothing to do with our traditions and these things, so like, like let her in at least, and obviously they didn't care. They just kept chaining the same thing. They run away mm-hmm. because the gray things, the moon people show up. Um, and at this point, every time they show these moon demons, it's just completely gray. There's nothing, uh, and it, there's a, um, it's like blurred. It's, it's very intentionally it's like, blurred too. It's, it's like, like the mascot from Community, the human being, which is just like a gray morph suit with spray painted eyes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> close to that. I mean, the, the. It's scary, but also it's clearly this movie was made with a very DIY budget, uh, which I can appreciate. Right. And I, on low budget, one low part lighting. Of me, one part of me feels like the lighting and that part is like intentional. Like they kind of want you to not see anything except for the sliver of somebody's eye. You get to see when the moonlight hits it mm-hmm. um, to make the parts that are in the light really cool. But honestly, it just it doesn't hit for me. I just want to be able to see some of the stuff that's happening. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. I can respect it. Anyways, moving on, they they keep running through the woods. They find this barn. They're like, let's take shelter in this barn. Um, Let's look for something alive. Like, let's look for some animal to offer them. And let's throw it outside the barn and let's lock ourselves in here. Uh, Why so, would they think that would work? I'm, you know, I would try anything if I was in their position too. But they split up. Way moves to some other part of the building. Um... Yeah, I mean, if I was the woman, I would sabotage him. I'd I'd get his ass out there and save myself. The the, the I new just guy? don't see how sacrificing an animal would make any. But anyway, I don't know. Carry but on. you know, they, that's they're like, let's find a rat or something, and let's like throw it out there. <laughs> a rat, <laughs> yeah. a rat instead of two humans. Yeah, Who exactly. is making that deal? No, <laughs> no. But um, they they lose way, and they're like, okay, we got. Let's find way. Uh, Yule. Starts going around, like, looking for him, asking where oh, he no. is. Oh, no, he's ditching their asses. He's uh, Worse, he attacks Yule with, a fry, with like, a cast iron pan. Like, Ooh. hits him in the head, hits him in the back another time. Mel's, like, like, he she pushes him off of him, and then this guy pushes her off of him, and he goes, stop, like, let me let me do this, like, for both of us, like, we, we you know... He's like, yeah. I'm gonna, we're, we're gonna sacrifice your husband. He's gonna do something noble, which is like not his choice. <laughs> so he <laughs> beat right. him over the head with a. Pr- he would never choose to be that. And noble. then, like while he's while he's like unconscious or like losing consciousness, uh, this guy's like over him, and he's like, "You're doing something good for your girlfriend. You're, you, you know, like <laughs> it was just funny." Uh-huh. Um, so he 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 drags him out. He um yeah. 
he starts dragging Yule outside of the barn, and, uh, you know, we think, okay, it's over. It's over for Yule. Then Mel shows up and fights Way and, like, tries to, like, um, you know, hit him with the frying... He actually... She hits him with the frying pan as well. The fight turns around. He starts strangling her. And mm. then Yule comes up and gets the guy. And then, oh like, so this scrap is going back and forth. Everybody's, like, fighting. Everything stops because something's rattling the locked chain outside the barn. Um, and it's rattling it really hard. And it's, like, freaking... It's, it wants to tear that thing down. It's multiple things. They, they tear the barn door down. They just they just straight up go for it. So then everybody goes to hide. Um, the couple heads together and, and Way goes somewhere else. And I hope Way is actually his name and not just like the... What he... What like... Um, Yule was saying in Cantonese to like try and look for the dude. Like I, I, I think his name was Way. Uh, we're just gonna assume. I, I guess we'll just assume that. But um... It's a name. It's a name. They run away, and Way, like, distracts the moon demons. He, like, because I guess he feels a little bit of guilt for trying to sacrifice this girl's fiancé. So, a little bit of character development for Way, but it won't matter because those demons start chasing after him. Um, the girl and the guy run away, and the the couple make it back to... They basically just run back to the car. And they get in the car, and they're like, well, we'll just wait it out in this car. Way shows up. He's bloody. He is like, please help me. Um, don't let them take me. Um, they show up. They start tearing his ass to pieces. But as we know, or as we've found out at this point, um, their victims have to be taken alive. So they're just, I don't know what they're doing, but they're like hitting him. Because obviously, obviously I can't see what they're doing. You know, I can't tell if they're hitting him or tearing pieces of flesh off of him or they're like, but they, whatever it is, is uncomfortable for him and he hates it. And yeah. they drag him off of the car. It's quiet for a little bit. And then they come back to the car and they're like, we're ready to take y'all now. And they start <laughs> yeah. slowly like hitting on the windows um, just kind of tapping on it and like drumming on it, and it's very suspenseful and scary. And let's see, they find their way into the trunk. They tear the middle seat out of the back. It's like a sedan. It's like an old sedan, maybe like an eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, they find a way into the back. Yule gets a tire iron and is like, "I'm gonna defend myself." And Mel is also in there. The demons break through the windows. And he tells Mel to go crawl in the trunk. And she goes and crawls in the trunk. And at this point, this movie is dark. It's loud. It's claustrophobic. All of the things that are like, you know, they do a lot of really good things in this movie with the, just the, tr- what you want out of horror, out of out of what you, mm-hmm. you know, it's just suspenseful. Um, They tear the fucking roof off of this car. Like they're tearing, the, ah! the demons are tearing this thing to shreds. He's, uh, something's happening. They're grabbing him. They, I don't think they injure him too terribly bad, but they're like pulling at his clothes. This guy has a concussion. It's looking like it's over. She's trapped in the trunk, and they're trying to reach in the trunk and get him. Um, they both crawl into the trunk and then just pop it open and start running. And somehow mm-hmm. they 
don't get caught. They just run away, and they find themselves in a cemetery, and they go to a, a tomb with a gate, and they lock it, and the creatures don't follow them there. And they just hmm. kind of stand around and, uh, you know, they sit around and, and wait. And then they figure out, they're like, oh, well, we're in a tomb. And the moon demons were people that used to be alive. Like, they don't, they're the <coughs> dead people that came back to life. So they don't want to be back in the tomb that they spend all the time in. And it's like, okay, like, that's, that's fair. Um, but doesn't that mean they'll be coming back eventually? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that, it could, but our our protagonists don't spend a lot of time in this uh, in this little hut, this little concrete hut. They um, they hear this radio broadcast that they heard in the car earlier, like when they were first driving it. And this broadcast is like saying like we need to band together and do stuff like this. I mean, we don't get a full translation because it's it goes through Yule who whose Cantonese is shitty, according to Mel, who doesn't know any Cantonese. So like. What is <laughs> you know? Yeah. What does she have to say about it? Um, this whole time, Mel has also been like a driving force. Like, fiance wants to give up, or he wants to like be delusional and be like, "We're just gonna be okay," and like, you know, whatever. And uh, like, don't say like he's just telling her not to be negative, and she's like, "I'm not being negative. I'm being realistic. Like, we need to get a move on. We need to get going." Um. Anyways, they're both on the same page at this point. But this radio broadcast starts playing again. And uh, Yule is compelled to, like, go towards this sound. And he says, we have to go. We have to go to them. Because the radio broadcast is calling out to them. They're like, you'll be safe here. Come here. Uh, how are they listening to the radio? Because they it's off in the radio? distance. There's, like, a the, bro- the same broadcast they heard on the radio, they're hearing, like, on another radio out in the distance. Um. Oh, they're not in the tomb anymore? They are in the tomb at this point. But the tomb is close okay. to this large house, which is the next setting. Uh, <laughs> of the. <laughs> so okay. They go, they move a lot in this in the, in the this movie, and it's like... I believe it. The, I just feel I like... I wish I could describe the environment more. soundproofed, but why would they need to be? I don't know. What was that? I said, I think tombs as being soundproof, but why would they need to be? No, so it's just like this concrete structure and the door is just like a, like a gate, like a metal gate you would see in an apartment or something like that. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. like, um, okay. You know, it's nothing crazy, but like also the monsters just, yeah, don't I'm just there. imagining them in that thing from like haunted mansion where there's like dozens of coffins, not a, a big mo- tomb. Okay. So like a, just a small, tiny one. It's right. just like big enough. For, open air. Yeah. Open air tomb. Modern okay. design. Over in rural China. Um, gotcha. They leave the tomb, and there's this candlelit pathway to this house. And they're just meandering over to it. And Can know. I tell you what I think is happening? What do you think is happening at this point? I think he brought her there to sacrifice her. Maybe. We'll okay, go out. on. We'll find out. <laughs> so, um... You don't have to tell me. <laughs> no, I won't tell you. I mean, I will tell you. You'll hear it at the end of the mm-hmm. story. But uh, they go into the house. There's a bunch of cloaked people. Um, and the camera's, like, making a bunch of cuts. And you don't really see, like, a lot of it. But you see candles everywhere. And you see a bunch of cloaked people. And they have very straight faces. And 
um, Yule and Mel are just meandering through the crowd, and then they start reaching for them, and then they pull their clothes off, and then they're naked. And then they start, like, embracing, and, like, they start, like, making love right there in front of all these people. And, like, abruptly, Mel is like, Yule, Yule. Like, she sees something. Uh, she sees, like, one of the moon demons in the house, and she's like, Yule, Yule, come on, we gotta, we gotta stop. And Yule doesn't stop. And then uh, there's this, like, flash of, like, a moon demon, like, right in front of the screen, and he's got a bloody mouth, and then they... Everything stops, and then they wake up, and they're in these wooden cages, and they are tied on opposite sides of this, like, wall with stakes. So, like, there's... The wooden cages are, like, two cubes, and they're tied to each other on the wall in the middle. Okay. If that makes sense. Um... They're basically but can in, they see each other? They can see each other. No? It's basically a big wooden crate made with, like, bamboo cane. Okay. Um, so, they're just talking. Uh, Yule is like, you know, I think my nani's really gonna like you, and, you know, I, I think you'll get a lot. Like, they're not going to see his nani. Like, he's delusional. And she's like, Yule, you got to stop. Like, this, we got to get out of here. We got to figure out a way to get out of here. Like, stop doing it. And he's like, no, no, it's, it. you know, it's my, f- I'm, we should have went to the, to like the Bahamas or something. We shouldn't have gone to China. Like, this is all my fault. And he's being mopey. And she's oh like, okay, well, shut up and start pulling these ropes. Like, let's pull <laughs> these ropes and let's get out of here. And mm-hmm. so they pull against each other. They pull the ropes. The ropes are super tight. They can't get out. Um, and Yule is like, all right, whatever. Anyways, these moon demons start showing up. They, they kind of slowly start approaching the crate and they're like reaching inside and then they're, they're trying to get at them and they're very creepy. Um, but once again, like you see these moon demons and until they're right up next to the camera, it looks like they're censored like on an episode of Cops. Like it's blurred <laughs> out so much and it's so intentional. And it's like the worst part about it is that the DVD, the cover is one of these moon demons and the whole movie, they spend so much time trying to not show it to you. But on the packaging, they they show you a very clear like full frontal <laughs> picture of this moon demon and anyways so i thought it was kind of silly that they spend the whole movie hiding him uh, hiding hiding them i'm assuming they're all types of genders but um <laughs> they reach inside yule basically is like just take me take me take don't take don't take her take you know like he's he is finally trying to sacrifice himself for his fiance and and uh you know, do the right thing. So they reach in, they start like trying to rip him out of this cage and he's yelling and she's like telling them to stop. And obviously they're not stopping because they don't give, they don't care. Um, hungry. They are hungry or they're doing their thing that they're going to do to him later or they're preparing for it. So they pull him out of there. I think they literally rip his like, I can't tell what happens. They rip something. They, like, rip his, like, arms out or one of his arms out or they pull it out of the socket or something like that because his he just comes straight out of those ropes and <laughs> gets uh, and then he gets taken. 
and she gets okay. um she gets left behind. So then she gets she does get hit in the face a couple times by these demons. Like they they want to get to her at first, but then he distracts them enough, and so she gets she gets hurt a little bit and gets knocked out. But whatever, she wakes up, and who else is it but their driver Ping, who's right there, and he's back. He said he is. He's back. And he's looking very evil, and it's dark, and he's <gasps> like, oh, no. yes. And Ping says, you know, he's like, Melissa, your husband gave a noble sacrifice uh, for you. You know, he saved your life. He gave his life for yours. And she goes, she goes, is he dead? And he said, they're preparing him for his journey to the afterlife. Like, he's being all mysterious and shit. And he, she runs up the stairs and starts beating the shit out of him. And he's like, he's like, Miss Melissa, Miss Melissa, stop, Miss Melissa. He's just yelling, uh, telling her to stop. Eventually, she does stop. I mean, she doesn't really beat him up that bad, but she does. She hits, she hits him a lot. Um. <laughs> then, she just asks him where her fiance is, and he says, "Well, he's." at their, like, lair. Uh, but don't go there. And she goes, okay, well, mm-hmm. where is he? Like, you need to tell me where he is because she's going to go and she's going to find him because that's the type of bitch that she is. Um, so he says, you know, no, I'm not going to tell you. She tells He tells her. He tells her where they are. He says, follow the candlelit path conveniently all the way to the lair. She does <laughs> with her with her flip phone light. This movie does kind of feel like a haunted house. Like it kind of takes you through it. I I I I like it because of that. But it takes you. It's like mm-hmm. a a very defined path, and it's very like narrow, um, you know. But it feels cool. So she goes yeah. to this layer. They're all standing. All these moon demons are there, and they're just kind of standing, and they're like dormant, they're like sleeping. It looks like, but they're sleeping, standing up. She's walking through. She's got her flip phone on like the flashlight setting, and is is. It, there's also a level of water in this cave, so she's like splashing through it. Her feet are wet. Mm. You know, it's not good conditions. Uh, so she gets to Yule, who's laying on a sacrificial table, and he is not looking good. He's bleeding. He's lost a lot of blood. Um, and she gets to him, and that's exactly what he says. And he's like, "I've lost a lot of blood. <laughs> uh, I don't think I can. Like, I'm. I can't get out of here." Uh, you need to leave because they're in my head. Like, uh, you know, I can't, He, you know, he says, I'm going to die. And also these demons are in my head and they're telling me that they're waiting on me to die so that they can turn me into one of them. And then they're, and then when I die, they're going to kill you. Like they're not even going to worry about turning you into, they're going to just fucking kill you. Um, and she's like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to whatever and he says okay well you need to go and that's like his last words is just telling her to leave he dies um and nothing really happens she she gets up and walks out for a moment she has a moment to sob in complete darkness you can't see her doing anything because she's in a cave and it's nighttime um so you know just nothing um then these things start waking up she starts hearing them splash towards her and she wakes up and she's like okay well there's no saving him. I got to get out of here. She starts hauling it back out of the way she came. Um, she gets a little lost. Ping shows back up. And he says, Miss Melissa, go that way. 
and then sacrifices himself as this horde of demon moon demons uh, tear him apart. And what? she runs out of the cave. I know. Ping comes back, and there's a lot of people feeling guilty and then coming back, and then... Um, or there's at least two instances of it. So... Yeah. She leaves. Gosh. And just runs and runs and runs, and... uh. You know they're chasing her, and as she she falls and accepts defeat, the moon goes behind the horizon, and the sun rises, and the the, the last shot we get is a fully lit, like very detailed shot. But um, and it's beautiful that you can tell that this was filmed on like film; it wasn't digital, um, just because of the way that the way that it's shot. It's really nice, warm textures. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just a shot of her bruised face as she looks at the sun and then the credits roll. Damn. And that's that's Seventh Moon. So, like, really great story. I loved, I thought it was, like, a thrill ride the whole way through, but um, I just couldn't see it. Couldn't see any of the movie. Well, did you watch it during the daytime? Yeah, yeah, I watched it during the daytime, and it was on a PlayStation 2, so, I, I mean, that could have <laughs> something to do with it. Maybe I could have used, like, a like a, a a regular DVD player or something, but I turned the brightness all the way up on my TV. I think it was the movie, personally. But, yeah, you're, you know. I'm sure that's true, too, of huge extent. Um, no, it sounds cool. I like movies that, like, it all takes place in, like, one evening, and it's just very... Yep. Chronological. No. And as we, uh, and know, I was going to say the, the cast is very small. It's the three, it's the ping Yule, actually. And there, there is uh there's way I, I don't know. Yeah. So there's four in total, like scripted roles in this movie. Right. And that's very cool. No, I got chills. I was a little spooked, especially yeah. when they were in the trunk. That sounded very Yeah. Scary. Oh, it's very, <laughs> that one was, uh, that one got me, and like I said, the music does a good job of like building it, but also not even feeling like it's there, um, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just part of the ambiance. Great film. Uh, could have had better production. Very cool. That's it. Yeah. Well, thank you for telling me. Yeah, of that course. I'm excited to hear about seventh, your film. Seventh Moon. Yeah, well, <clears throat> okay, so I decided to watch The Ring <laughs> from <laughs> nice. 2002, which I had... I realized after rewatching it that I've seen the beginning and I've seen the end, but I saw nothing in the middle. There is a scene in the middle that really um, freaked me out and it involved a horse and it was really sad. Um, but it kind of ties in to your movie because I don't know if you know, but the thing is basically you watch this tape, this VHS, and then you get a phone call and they say seven days. And that's because you're going to die in seven days. So... Let's get into it. It basically starts with that tape. Like, basically, it's just black and white, different visuals, like a woman looking into a reflection, a ladder falling, a woman jumping off a cliff. What else? Like a lighthouse, random things like that. Um, But then, so after you kind of see that, we start, and it's very, like, scream. Like, it's two girls after school hanging out, watching TV, being bitchy and one of them is talking about how like how 
uh like the tvs and the cell phones they're like sending out electro waves that are like making everyone stupider but no one's doing anything about it even though like everyone in charge knows about it anyway Mm -hmm. um and this other girl is like oh did you hear about the tape that kills you when you watch it (laughs) and so she tells her friend all about it and her friend is like i watched that (laughs) and she's like you're shitting me no you did not and she's like no i watched it last week i was at this cabin with what's his name and she was like you were at a cabin with what's his name and she was like yeah don't worry about it but yeah we watched that and uh we got a call (laughs) that said seven days so shit what if this is real but then she's like joking so she like she does like a fake choke out and then it's like that um so it's kind of unclear if she actually did watch the tape but she she did watch the tape anyway her name is katie she goes downstairs like her mom calls her and then she goes into the tv room and the tv's like fuzzing and she goes to turn it off and even though she turns it off it turns back on again and then like she looks in the reflection of the tv and there's like this shimmer movement behind her it's very creepy and she's calling out for her friend becca but she's not answering And she goes upstairs and she sees like water seeping in from under the bedroom door, like out into the hallway. And she opens it up and the TV is like fuzzing. And then it just like does that thing where it's like zooms really fast into her face as it like decays really quickly. Like she has like mouth agape Uh, and she's just like zombie face. Like she like died and was face first in a bog for like two weeks. Um, But like super fast. So you don't even, you don't even have to see it that long. Um, And so she's dead, right? At this point, we don't really know what happened to Becca, but Katie has died. Gotcha. Now, I thought it was interesting what you said about the uh, monster being on the DVD cover of your movie, even though you, like, never even see them that clearly. And I wanted to say that on the cover of this movie, we have Naomi Watts showing a lot of emotion, and she does not do that (laughs) until, like, the very last second in this film. And it's like, she, I know Naomi Watts is a very serious actress, but she did not really give me anything. And she, she's a, the most unbelievable mom. And I guess the theme in this movie is that she's just like a really bad mom. But anyway, she is like late picking her kid up from school. So she's just like marching down the school hallway and she's yelling at someone on the phone. It's like obviously an editor or something. Cause she's like, I'm going to take that red pin and shove it into your eyes. And then she like bursts into the classroom and she's like, Oh, Hey, sorry, I'm late. <laughs> like she's never met her child before. Yeah. Um, it's so awkward. And so, and then the teacher like brings it up. She's like, so Aiden's cousin died a few days ago. And she's like, yeah, Katie. So this was the girl in the first scene that died. It was this little boy's cousin, Naomi Watts' niece. So she died three days ago. And the kid is taking it really hard because he's a kid and they were really close. She like babysat him three times a week. And he can't be more than like nine. Like he's drawing pictures with crayon, you know. Um, And the teacher is very much like he's obviously grieving like have you tried talking to him about what he's going through and she's like he knows he can come to me if he needs to and it's like yeah well he's nine so maybe he can't (laughs) handle grief on his own and it's just like this teacher is like far more concerned than she is but she's kind of just like whatever um but then she reveals that like she's been he's been drawing these pictures of like a girl buried under the ground um and they're not like graphic or anything so she's kind of like maybe this is like a helpful coping mechanism but it's like 
Katie died three days ago, but he started drawing these exact pictures like seven days ago Mm. or 10 days ago, 10 days ago. Gotcha. Um, Because when the mom is talking to him later, he says that he knew that she was going to die. He knew that she was going to die in seven days, which like, that's another thing. Why would the cousin tell him that? He's a, like a baby child. Why would she be like, oh, by the way, I'm going to die in seven days when she didn't even like <laughs> believe that it was going to happen. Like, why would she tell him that? That's so Just morbid. Just to scare a kid, you know? Yeah. And she hadn't even discussed it with her like best friend up until the day that it happened. But she's like telling her little cousin like, oh, yeah, by the way heard that I'm going to die in seven days. Good luck coping with that. Anyway, they just, this poor little kid, they treat him like he's a teenager and he's literally so small. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So the next day it's obviously the funeral and the mom is up. Her name's Rachel. She's up and she's like, have you seen my black dress? Like she's yelling. And I'm like, your kid is nine. What would he, <laughs> why would he know where your clothes are? Can't you get dressed by yourself? Um, and she goes out into the living room and he's like tying his own little tie. And he's like, yeah, I got it out for you. It's probably a little wrinkled though. And I'm like, he got her <laughs> dress out and laid it out. Why is he Jesus taking Christ. care of her laundry? They have such a weird relationship. Um, <clears throat> okay. So at the funeral, um, which is like, again, like this woman, like, She's acting like it's her her kid's friend that died, but it's her niece that died. Like, this was her niece. This was her sister's teenage daughter, and she is, like, unfazed by it. Um, And obviously, like, her sister is not. Her sister's, like, bawling her eyes out. And um, she's talking to her, and she's like, I went to three doctors, and none of them can tell me how she died. All we know is that her heart just, like, stopped. Mm. And basically then she's like i want you to try and figure out how she died and she's like how am i going to do that and she's like well isn't that your job and i guess as rachel's a journalist she can determine a cause of death yep. better than doctors I don't know. <laughs> um but she immediately gets to work she goes outside and starts talking to the teenagers that are at the funeral um one of whom is adam brody by the way very small role but um she's talking to them <clears throat> and they're telling her that her friend Becca has been in a mental hospital since it happened and that uh, her like secret boyfriend committed suicide. And then uh, Rachel starts doing a lot more research and finds out that like all the kids that she stayed in that cabin with the weekend before, like they all died on the same night at 10 PM. Um, and she's also rummaging it through her stuff and she finds like a, st- like a ticket stub for a, like a photo developing place. So she goes there and she gets all these photos printed out. And the one of like all four of them standing in front of the cabin, like all their faces are smudgy. So then, um, she decides that she's going to go to that cabin, which is on shelter mountain. And she checks in and she like, she sees this, uh, VHS tape on the shelf that like the guests can like check out or whatever and it's just a blank tape and she just like steals it like she just pockets it and I'm like she's like checking into the cabin so she could have just taken it freely because that's what they're there for but she's she stole it but anyway she she checks into cabin 12 which is where the kids had stayed and she watches the tape and then right after that she gets a call that's like you're gonna die in seven days or I don't even think it says you're gonna die it just is like seven days Mm. Um, so then, uh, as we go through the rest of the movie, it like marks each day. So the next day is day one and this poor little child (laughs) gets himself ready for school. He like shouts to his mom as he's leaving the front door. He's like, I'm going to school. And she's like catatonic because she saw this tape. Mm. 
but still like her 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 tiny son is just walking to school alone in the rain and on the way there he like passes this like grown man and they both like look at each other for a second like you and then they just keep walking on and it's like what the fuck is that (laughs) and then we realize that guy is going over to see the mom and so i'm thinking like this poor kid is like okay mom's boyfriend can come over but she can't even like drive me to drive me to school in the rain (laughs) like (laughs) what the fuck um so he goes over to the mom's house and rachel you know the mom she was like trying to take selfies with the camera and her face keeps coming out smudgy and he tries to get her to him to take pictures of her and they're also coming out smudgy so she's like oh shit i'm gonna die in seven days um but obviously he doesn't believe it and wants to watch the tape for himself and she's like no don't do that um but he does it anyway um and then she decides that she's gonna make a copy of the tape um so she goes to like this i don't know public place where you can i guess put in a vhs tape and make a copy but when she does it you can see like the circuit board going all screwy i don't know Mm. next day day two she goes again to see uh this guy his name is noah by the way Um, And she brings the copy of the tape and Noah notes how weird it is that the tape doesn't have a control track, which is apparently like the fingerprint of the tape, which should tell you where it came from, which I don't know why they didn't look at the original tape. I don't know why they had to look at the copy. Maybe if they looked at the original, they could have found it better, but they wouldn't have because it's obviously very like paranormal and not real, but um, it, the detail didn't make sense to me, but anyway, so they're, they're looking through the tape. And they're trying to, like, isolate certain images. And they see this, like, bit where, like, it looks like the screen is, like, peeling away, like, behind the whatever. So they're trying to figure out, like, if they can see something behind that, like, peel. And so they're, like, trying to stop on it. And they can't. But they're, like, fingers touching the control panel. And it's like, oh, that's so cute. But then his girlfriend walks in the door. And it's the the goth girl from NCIS. You know her? She comes in and he introduces her as his assistant, but then she kisses him and it's like oh, I see. In a, inappropriate yeah. dynamics. Um, and so Rachel leaves because she's like, what am I doing here? Um, and so the next day, day three, Rachel goes to see Becca in the mental hospital. And this girl is not well. Um, and she can't even look at TVs. Like she's been like catatonic since the incident. But like they are allowing her to just be like interrogated by this reporter like she goes in this room all alone while this woman is just like interrogating her about her friend's death and she doesn't say anything but she like takes her hand and she like turns it into a four and she's like four days and so it's creepy you know um and so then rachel goes to some other like videotape place a different one um and she's trying again to just like isolate that frame and it's like the technology is amazing. She just like stops on a thing and it prints out right in front of her. It's like so cool. Yeah. Um, but she's finally able to like see this image of a lighthouse. So she prints out the lighthouse and then she like sees like a fly under the screen. And even though she's paused it, it's like still moving. And then it like comes out of the TV and it's real and she like plucks it and it flies away. And it's like, what? And then she gets a nosebleed. Very spooky. But now we're on the next day, day four. So she goes in to research lighthouses some more. And she finds a photo that, like, lines up perfectly with the photo that she has. And so she – and she also finds a photo of the woman in the video. And we find out that her name is Anna Morgan. And she ran a horse farm with her husband. And one year, all of the horses died because they just, like, committed suicide. Like, they got a mass hysteria and all committed suicide. And then – um 
that was like shortly after Anna had killed herself, right? So woman commits suicide, then all her horses commit suicide. It's very weird. Yeah. Or no. Yeah. The hor- I can't remember which happens first, but I- I'll figure it out either later. Way. Um, yeah. Either way, very ominous. They all, com- they all kill themselves. Um, okay, day five. Noah goes into a convenience store to buy cigs, and he sees himself in like the uh, like the you know like the security cam footage where you can like see yourself, but oh, his yeah. face is all smudgy, and so he's like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna die!" And I don't know how many days he has left. Six, probably. Yeah. Um. Um. And so then later, Rachel is like having this glass of water, and the grossest thing that happens in the whole movie happens. She like starts choking and she's like, starts pulling this like wire covered in hair out of her throat. Like she's a clown, but like on the end of it is like one of those like thingies that like go on your chest when you're at the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, you know, <laughs> I don't know what those are called, but that was like on the, the end of it. Later. And she's like pulling it out for the longest time. And like, uh, it's very gross. Um, but then I suspect it might've been a dream because she goes upstairs and she sees what looks like Becca in like a chair facing the other way. And when she like approaches her, she like grabs her and she wakes up with like a burn mark on her arm in the shape of a hand. Uh. Um, and then she goes and she finds her son in the living room and he has found the tape oh, and <laughs> because he's just... she couldn't put it on a high shelf or anything. So he's watching the tape and she's, she like freaks out. She's like, don't do that. <laughs> And so she calls Noah and she's, she's like hysterical and she calls Noah and she's like, he watched it. And he's like, who? And she said, our son. And this is like our son, excuse me, (laughs) this man, this man, this is his son, this piece of shit. Like, I don't, I don't even understand how that dynamic works. Like, how do you still have a relationship with a baby mama and like act like this child doesn't exist? Like, it's so weird. It's it gagged me. But anyway, later Noah is giving them both a ride. I don't even know where they're going, but he drops Rachel off somewhere. And while they're in the car, they're like chatting and they kind of like, like they've, they've obviously like known each other, but never liked each other. And then he kind of like suggests that like he's his father and the kid is like, yeah, I like kind of suspected that. Um, and, and Noah's just like, I don't think I'd be a good dad, which it's like, obviously not like you haven't been a good dad um and he then he says he's like but i also don't want anyone else to be your father and which is like such a fucked up thing to say and the kid is just like that's a conundrum because like what would you say to that that's like crazy crazy anyway we're on day six now so Noah is driving Rachel to the ferry because she is going to go to this island where she knows that this like lighthouse is and where this horse farm is because I don't know. I don't even because of the video. Right. OK. Yeah. It's all tying back to the video. And then she's but she says, I think you see the ring before you die. And I don't like know how she came to that conclusion, but it's like, OK, there's the title of the movie. Um, and while she's on the ferry on the way to this lighthouse. She is, she's still like reading articles and stuff and she reads an article that references Anna Morgan's daughter and she's like, hmm, I didn't know Anna Morgan had a daughter. How weird. And so she's wandering through the ferry and there's like a, like a trailer with a horse in it and she reaches her hand in to pet the horse and the horse is not into it and she's just like, shh, no big deal. <laughs> and the horse <laughs> is starting to freak out and she's like, no, be, it's okay. Everything's fine with her hand like in there. It's like, 
mind your business but the horse just starts freaking out more and more and eventually like kicks open the trailer is like running throughout the ferry and then like Rachel goes and stands like with her back against the stern of the ship and the horse is like running towards her and so she like crouches down so the horse then just jumps off the ship and it hits its leg on the way down and then you'd like see it struggling in the water and then everyone goes to the other end of the ship (laughs) and then they're just looking down and it's just like bloody waters and it's like this little girl's horse like she's just like standing there like oh my god my horse and it was like the craziest scene ever and it's like it didn't have anything to do with like yeah like the story is about horses but this horse had nothing to do with anything it's just this bitch rachel like she just caused this horse to freak (laughs) out like the horse to suicide (laughs) how like like literally like girl you are the problem i think um and it was so it was so upsetting (laughs) anyway noah is back at the mental hospital and he is trying to look at anna morgan's mental health records and they're obviously like no we can't let you do that um and he's like it's okay i've been up there before and they're like haha nice try the records department is downstairs and he's like wow touche and so then he goes down there and he breaks in um and he's looking around and he's reading the files and the files like he's flipping through them too quickly but it looks like there are a lot of miscarriages and there's this one image that sticks with me because it looks like a thermal image it's like a it's like an x-ray image Mm -hmm. right but like when he holds it up to the light it looks like like a, a little baby horse. Oh. And so I start to think that there's some horse incest going on, <laughs> but they never really suggest that again. So I think I'm off base with that, but I don't know what that image was, but it was pretty, it was pretty gross. Um, so he's, you know, snooping and Rachel is <clears throat> on her way to the horse farm to disrupt this man's life. And so he goes, she goes to the horse farm and she sees Mr. Morgan you know, the husband of the woman that committed suicide. And he's played by Brian Cox from Succession, which is pretty cool. Oh, nice. Um, so he's like the only one who has survived, right? And so she starts asking him about his wife and the horses. And obviously he doesn't want to talk about it. And he's like, you're a journalist. You're just trying to like get a scoop. And like, I don't know why all of you insist on like spreading tragedy around, but it's like fine if it stays here. Like you don't need to tell other people's trauma which is like so real yeah but also right. ironic because um you know it's it's logan roy the head of you know atn <laughs> anyway yeah different character different universe but um so and but also like she doesn't once like rachel never once comes at this as like a grieving aunt who's like trying earnestly to figure out what happened to her niece who died so suddenly she literally just wants to know the story she's literally just a goon like so she deserves what she gets um but she follows him around follows him into the house she sees a mirror on the wall that looks like a mirror that was in the tape um and when she asks him about his daughter he's like i don't have a daughter and he makes her leave so then she goes to a local like pediatrician on the island and she decides to ask this person about the Morgan daughter and the doctor has a son who's like hanging out in the waiting room and he's like older and is like mostly mute and is obviously like mentally handicapped somehow Mm -hmm. um but he's like supposed to be creepy because he is and it's just like weird but um the doctor's like talking to her and he she 
just gives the whole story. And it's like the Morgans, they couldn't have children, so they eventually adopted a daughter, Samara. But shortly after the adoption, Anna started seeing visions. And then she's like, and listen, I, I love my son, but some people just like aren't built like me. And, you know, Samara has been in the mental hospital ever since. And so she's like very much being you know bitchy and blamey but is she is under the impression that samara the like little girl has been in the mental hospital like ever since but that is definitely not the case so back at the hospital noah is like searching through the records and he in the file there's like a reference number to a tape so he lots of tapes in this movie it's not the tape that you would think so he goes and he tries to find it and it's not in there but it says that the last person who checked it out was mr morgan so he gets his ass on the ferry and now he is going to go harass morgan to ask him about his daughter that he obviously doesn't want to talk about um And so Rachel is like back on the Morgan farm and Mr. Morgan doesn't even answer the door. So she fucking breaks in and she finds the tape that Noah is looking for and she puts it in and it's footage of Samara in the mental hospital. And she just goes days and days without sleeping, just like never sleeping. And they're like interrogating her. And she's like, I know that like I hurt people. Um, and I want to hurt them, but I am sorry about it. <laughs> um, so it's like, it's very creepy, but, uh, but as she's watching this, Mr. Morgan finds her and he hits her and he like rips the TV from the wall and he starts like carrying it upstairs. And Rachel is just like screaming at him. Like, what did you do to her? You killed her. And he's like yelling at her back. He's like, my wife was never supposed to have a child. And this girl is still tormenting us after all these years. And he has got the bathroom rigged up with all kinds of like (laughs) surge protectors Mm -hmm. and toasters and TVs and everything plugged in. And the bathtub is full. And he just like climbs in there and sits down and electrocutes himself uh, till he dies. (laughs) Um, And so Rachel is just watching that happen. And then Noah shows up because everyone's just breaking into this guy's house. Um, And so then they decide that they're going to go look out into the barn because uh, little Aiden, he drew this photo and it looks like remarkably similar to the barn or whatever. And he said he drew it because the little girl told him to draw it. So they go out to this barn and it's like a horse barn, but there's no horses, but there's like a little like exposed attic room that's like only accessible by this like really tall ladder and so they climb up this ladder into this like little room and it's just like you know a little girl's room but they see this like bloody like gash in the like wallpaper so they start like peeling all the wallpaper away and behind the wallpaper there's this huge mural of a tree that's like been burned into the wood um which like uh, supposedly Samara did like telepathically or whatever you know um so now it's like turned over to the next day we're in day seven okay and they decide that they're gonna go back to shelter mountain because this like tree mural supposedly looks exactly like the tree like that's on the hilltop in the view like outside of cabin 12 so they go back there and they don't know why they're like why are we back here nothing makes sense and we're running out of time and rachel is like sure she's gonna die so she's like begging noah to like make sure that aiden doesn't die because he's watched the tape um and you know he, he freaks out and he like throws this vase of marbles everywhere but then they see like all the marbles like pooling to one spot like by the vcr and so then they see like there's a dip 
in the floor. So they rip up the carpet and then like under the rug, there's just like this huge like water spot. So they start hacking into that and it's a well underneath there, like just a big ass, a big ass well with like a huge heavy cement lid. And then like, they're like looking into this well, you know, with like a flashlight trying to figure out how deep it is or whatever. Um, and like throughout the rest of the cabin, like water is like seeping up through the floors and like pushing out like each individual nail in the floorboards. I don't know how or why. Um, but then like, you know, Rachel's looking in there and the TV is like right up here, like next to this hole and it like shifts and it hits her. And so she falls into the well, falls into the well. <laughs> and so she's, she's down there and it's just like, you know, f four or five feet of water. And so she's down there and she sees like there's like claw marks on the side of the wall and like whole fingernails like big like broken off into the cement it's very gross um and so then she sees like this long black hair and it's like samara's hair and she touches it and then she like sees this flashback where like samara is standing next to the well just like singing and anna morgan comes up behind her and like puts a plastic bag on her head and chokes her out and then just like tosses her into the well and so Rachel like sees all that and then she like wakes up and she like picks up Samara's body and when she like picks it up it looks like she's like freshly dead but then it like decomposes like right before her eyes until it's just like a skeleton and she's holding it and like <clears throat> Noah was supposed to be helping her out but the, he like got caught outside because the hose wouldn't reach and then she was in there and the lid just closed on her but everything's fine now. The lid is open. She sees the light. She's like holding Samara and she looks up and she sees the light. It's, it's kind of fierce. Um, but they get her out of there and they're just like hanging out and they say that like, you know, she's going to be buried the next day. Um, and they were like, how long do you think like she survived down there before she died? And Rachel's like seven days, uh, you know, I see she like lived for seven days in the well like even though she like like she was choked out to like be unconscious but then she was like alive down there and then just died from you know not yeah. having any food or whatever um but they're so like they're sitting together and they're just they're just being like i don't understand how like everyone failed her like how her how her parents like failed her like this and then, like, you can tell <laughs> they kind of start to look inward because it's like, hmm, where's our child right now? <laughs> and so then they're like, we should go home. So they go and they, like, pick up their son. And I don't even know where he was staying, but he is splayed out on, like, a dining room floor in his pajamas. And they just, like, pick him up and, like, put they put him in the back of the car. And he, like, wakes up for a moment and he sees his parents, like, holding hands a little. And it's, like, it's, like, cute. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, you think we're out of the woods, uh, but not quite. So the next day, and this would have been seven days after Noah watched the tape. So Rachel was fine, but now it's the seventh day after Noah had watched the tape and he, uh, he's in his living room and his TV comes on and it's like that footage of the well. And yeah. in like the original video, it's just like uh, the footage. It was just a well, you know, but now Samara is like coming out of the well and walking towards him. And then she comes out of the TV and she's like dragging her mucky, muddy feet across the floor. And she's like dripping all this water and, you know, she gets him. Um, and Rachel, him. I don't know, she has a sense that something's, like, going on. So she's, like, racing over there. 
and she finds him in a chair she like spins him around and like we don't even like see what he looks like we just see her reaction oh and that's God. like when she finally you know has a reaction so she just got it <laughs> and she's those, like oh yeah. my god um right and so she goes home she's destroying the tape she like breaks it up puts it in the fire and then she remembers she has a copy of the tape so then she goes and gets the copy of the tape but before she destroys this she's like what did i do differently and she realizes that the thing she did differently was that she made a copy of the tape so she takes her son to the place where she copied the tape and she makes him like put the tape in, push all the buttons so that they make a copy. And so they're making a copy of the tape to probably show someone else, right? And so the little kid is like, what happens to the person we show it to? And she just doesn't answer. Uh, mm. bom, bom, bom. So it continues, right? Anyway, no, that is the end. That's but the like, end I movie. do feel... Like the theme of this movie was like, be a good parent or like the perils that come if you aren't a good parent, which is like an interesting contrast, like most horror movies, which are like teenagers are stupid. And when they do stupid shit, they will die. (laughs) This is like, hey, pay attention to your children (laughs) and maybe don't treat them like tiny adults when they're literally nine years old. And also like samara like is innately evil so i don't really know how you're supposed to like deal with her but you probably weren't supposed to like put her in an attic above a horse barn and then throw her down a well yeah no i mean clearly she was clearly (laughs) clearly she was abused but that's a good moral to the story my mind didn't have as much i don't know that's what i took away from it yeah mine was more just like don't don't feel so comfortable in strange places (laughs) interesting i guess that's not a good moral (laughs) no 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 doesn't seem like it it's just it's but it is scary it is yeah um halfway through watching this because you know like the ring girl is like the long stringy hair like samara but like at the beginning of the movie you think that that's like becca because she's in the mental hospital and she has long stringy black hair and we haven't met samara yet but also Halfway through the movie, I'm like, wait, The Grudge is also a movie that has like the exact same looking oh, person. So like it's a little right. girl yeah. in the nightgown with long black stringy hair. Yeah. But, and they're not in the same universe. I think the only thing they have in common is that they're originally like Japanese horror stories. Mm-hmm. And so like little girls there have straight black hair. <laughs> um, but what I did find out is that they made a movie um, not like, like the ring is like the American remake of Ringu, which is like Japanese and the grudge is a remake of something else, which is Japanese, gotcha. but they've made like a, a, a grudge girl versus the ring girl. It's called Sadako versus Kayoko. <laughs> and so I'm very interested to see that. Cause yeah. it's like Japanese Freddy versus Jason. Right. And I also love <laughs> that the movie titles are like court cases. Like they're suing each other. I think that's very funny. That is, that should be a good one. That'll have to be a future Dude, I episode. I think so too. <laughs> Sounds like. So you'd never seen The Ring? No, no. I was actually going to mention that. No, I've never seen The Ring. So that was my, that's my first, uh, I mean, I was vaguely aware of the, of the, the, you know, how it goes, the seven days, the stuff like that. I've seen Scary Movie. You know, I got the gist. But. Um, right. But. No, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. That's good. I thought they were going to be like. I thought the the movie was going to be like xenophobic about their adopted daughter or cuz wasn't she adopted? 
she was adopted mm. but yeah they didn't really go that route well like um, yeah she's a victim you know i thought she was i thought they were just going to be like this you know we, we invite this stranger into our lives and she ruins everything and it's like i mean i mean you know we find out that she's you know she's clearly evil but also that who knows what would have happened if her parents didn't just leave her in a well for seven days right mm-hmm. well and th- th- so i looked up some more like ring lore because i was like trying to fill in my my gaps of knowledge because th- they don't give us much of her backstory like the doctor like offhand is like oh they they adopted this girl and she like made them go crazy but like in the sequels they like talk about her backstory more and mm. like her birth mother like she like as a baby was telepathically like telling her birth mother to like kill her or kill herself or something so like that's why she got put up for adoption oh. in the first place um and then that same thing like happened like she's just like telepathically evil unintentionally yeah yeah just you know that sucks yeah but it held i i didn't expect to like it just because i know i tried multiple times to watch it and it's also like it's got that um that like bluish filter like the first twilight movie so it's very like covered in a rain cloud the entire movie um and naomi watts is like a wet blanket but other than that it really it it was a fun little well, that's good fun little time that's good it seems like it's uh less um you know it's not as visceral in terms of like the physical horror aspect of it it's uh you know other than like well, I, I, I mean was, uh, that scene with the horse sounded pretty like whatever pretty that <laughs> was pretty wild. dark and jolting but yeah no it's only a pg-13 rating so oh no way well, that's I know. I was talking about that last week. Like how, like it is possible to make a good horror movie that's PG thirteen, but not my fave. Yes, you know? it played out like a mystery, like a like a you know. Obviously, she's a journalist or whatever, but it did play out like a mystery. But I kind of it could have it could it could have played out better. I don't know. There were some just like. When, like, bits of information are just, like, thrown at you, it's just, yeah, like, a little yeah. weird. It doesn't really feel like you're You're not anything. investigating it or finding it. They're just kind of giving it to you. Yeah. You want to feel like the investigator when you're watching a noir, you know? Yeah. And also just because, like, I don't know. They go on this journey to, like, solve the curse, but nothing they did had anything to do with what saved Rachel in the end or what we assume saved her son, like the copying of the tape. Like she didn't have to learn anything. All she had to do was copy, copy the, tape. the tape. Yeah. That didn't, they didn't, that didn't show her the answer at all. That's like, I thought I, you think that like when she's in the well, like holding Samara and the fact that they can finally like put her body to rest, like you think oh, that that's yeah, going to be the end that of the curse. But unfortunately it can't be because I don't know. Samara's innately evil and I, she already projected onto that videotape, so that's just that. Well, why? Yeah, and uh, why wouldn't they just save Naomi Watts? You know, <laughs> like and send them like or like who's to say they can't like copy the tapes and then destroy them? Like right? Why they have to show they them insinuate to else? that they have to show someone else? I don't but know. lots of questions. She didn't even show anyone else after she made the copy because Noah had already watched it before she made the copy. I tell you, There's some holes. <laughs> Some holes. I don't know. The ring. But it is also common knowledge that this was like a shitty remake compared to like the original Japanese movie. Okay. So I should really just watch that. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Well, two two pretty good movies. Yeah, I had fun. I, I, I did too. I, I enjoyed watching 
something off the off the old shelf that I've never seen before that I got from my my grandpa, who is a Same. horror movie buff, especially bad ones. He loves like B movies. Like I've I've I walk into the house sometimes and he's watching like I just like it looks like it was filmed on somebody's like Walmart camcorder. The acting <laughs> is terrible, and he he he'll sit through the whole hour and a half, whatever. But anyway, that's amazing. Yeah, I wonder if he'll like the pod. Um, but that's that's fun. You know what the catchphrase of this is? Before you die, you see. Damn, you see. You don't really see how you die. You just see you just something. See. <laughs> you see why. Um. So anyway. Also, this says that there's supposed to be a short film, but I didn't see it on the um hmm. on the DVD menu. But also, I don't have a remote, so maybe I just couldn't access it. Um, I might check out the special features on Seventh Moon. It looked like they had some cool ones. I'm interested to see what Amy Smart has to say about what she made. Yeah, absolutely. She's she's had a very like s- small career from what I've seen, but like all interesting and cool so mm-hmm. i respect that a lot indeed would it be appropriate to like plug my stuff if we're wrapping it like if i plug my bands yeah would it be appropriate yeah absolutely plug away okay uh well i'm in two bands i play in goodwin rainer i play saxophone you can stream them anywhere and i play bass for midnight shepherds the midnight shepherds you can stream them anywhere as well both of those bands have music out for y'all to enjoy Yes, I'll uh I'll put the names in the uh in the show notes or whatever. Awesome. The thingy. Cool deal. Well thanks thanks for coming, Bryce. Thanks, thanks for, for having me doing on homework I, and I, sharing. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Hopefully I get to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it sounds like you have a wealth of DVDs, so absolutely. For sure. Okay. Bye.